This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk Podcast, episode 129, almost about 130, 129. Uh, I am Josh, here with you every week, k12techtalk at gmail.com, send us an email with your show ideas or topics. With me as always is Mark, he's in the middle tonight. Uh, Yeah, I'm here. And Chris, who looks like a beaten shell of a man. I'm worn out, boys. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Chris, uh, have you? We'll get into your stories about needing help. But have you called Jeremy from Something Cool to help you out? I haven't. Uh, I have in the past. Maybe you should. Uh, Jeremy's a good guy over there at SomethingCool.com. Uh, I've known him, this is me dating myself, but for like 20-something years, I've known Jeremy over at somethingcool.com. Great guy. He was there when the internet was given, when when the government gave birth to the internet. I think that was Al Gore that did that, yeah. Jeremy held held his hands to catch it. Hmm. And he wrapped it up in a blanket. I think you're... They know their stuff over at (laughs) somethingcool.com. I think you're... You're aging Jeremy there. Uh, Jeremy, don't take offense to that. Um, so, oh, baby internet. <laughs> we, uh, we'll, we'll just get Something right Something they started out of their garage. Really? Did you know that? No, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, cool story. Jeremy's garage? That's Jeremy. Email Jeremy at somethingcool.com. I thought you, last week yeah, you yelled at me. I think it was Jeremy's garage. Last week you yelled at me it was sales at somethingcool.com. I like messing with you. Email sales at somethingcool.com. All right. Well, let's get into it. Why are you uh, so downtrodden, Chris? Well, we had, what what is today? Today is a Thursday. So we had, I think maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was Tuesday and Wednesday. We had nasty storms, like, I don't know, around midnight, three in the morning, four in the morning, crazy winds and thunder and lightning. Did you, were you um, scared? So, uh, no, because I feel like I know where I'm going to spend my eternity. I was pretty <laughs> confident in, in, in all things. But uh, I was scared for my network. Um, I was scared for things to be okay when I returned to school. Uh, so we had a dead, uh, an audio codes box, like the box that sits in between phone system and intercom and bells. Hmm. Which is a chintzy little box, but it died. So the middle school does not have bells and intercoms. Oh, um, a couple of days before you know we're a couple of weeks before school starts. Uh, that's a real thing. Um, and then today um, we didn't have power at uh, two of four of our main campuses um, until this evening. Wow! But thankfully, there it's not. School's not in session right now, so you're not Thankfully. dealing with, you know, power issues and stuff like that with school. Um, you, you at one point, you called me for networking help. Did you get that figured out? Oh, no, that's still going on. Oh, you're kidding me. Uh, but uh, I reached out. So that's at one of our uh, early childhood buildings. Uh, has, had power outage, and then when the switch came up, we can't get to it like we are used to getting to it. Uh, so reached out for some help on that. Uh, that's kind of funny story. Uh, reached out uh, for for help. Didn't get an immediate reply from the consulting company that we're working with on that, who's not a sponsor, so I'm not going to mention them. Uh, but then he emailed and said, hey, I can't reach that switch. And I said, yeah, that's because there's no power here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gotten worse. The problems, our network problem is now a power problem. You, yeah, you didn't fine. act fast enough, and now it's a power problem. How many people asked you why the internet was out while the power was out? I did. This is true. So so, so we had one, we, our elementaries had power uh, pretty early in the morning. Uh, so... Uh, Matt, system administrator, he was in with me uh, for a good chunk of the morning today. So we go over to our lowest elementary. Uh, one of the principals there says, as I walk in, I'm already having a bad day, right? 
she says, the internet's down. And I said, <laughs> I, I think I said, no kidding. And I said, <laughs> it was good. Aww. It's fine. Everything's oh, fine. Poor Chris. You, you, you said in the beginning of the story that you had some serious storms and you're worried about the stuff being there. When are these like, and I'm again, I'm from New England. I don't, I don't do the tornado thing. Are these storms that like that's what's going through your head? Is it a tornado? So th- these particular storms, they're there, they did not have a tornado warning attached to them, but they had great wind. Yeah, you guys okay. had quite a bit of damage. Yeah, I mean, I I drove around between the two towns that I'm close to today, bunch of trees down, not just limbs, but trees, and not dead trees, live trees, and like well, now they're dead. Yeah, but that's that you've gone a little next level. It's not just the dead tree that fell down. And you that guys had like nine inches of rain in the last twenty four hours, right? Pretty down gnarly. There? Yeah. So there's a little bit of flooding stuff wow. going on, but literally, like I'm, I drove around today and I see the power line down. Like I see, uh, and that's not overly normal, but uh, it was a really big deal today. Just one comment with that, Chris. Welcome to middle age. You're driving around and looking at storm damage for fun. I'm gonna go check the tree line. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, uh, significant enough, like, in my backyard is a fence, and part of the fence uh, fell down. Um, that's real. Uh, some people had, like, <laughs> trees through windows and holy cars cow. and the whole bit. So, but You also had UPS issues to go along with this, right? Yeah, I, had... sent, I sent uh, Mike, so the network administrator that retired, Yeah, uh, sent him a text uh, today. Uh, just because I was really feeling like I haven't reached out to Mike since since he retired. Oh, no. And I said, survive the storm, question mark. Since he retired, we've had three dead UPSs and two dead server hard drives and two storms. <laughs> and that's in, what, 31 days since I he's know. been gone? So I said, yeah. LOL. Can we, can we go back to a few weeks ago? We started a timer of when you'd have to reach out to Mike for help. <laughs> I did not reach out. It was kind of like I just made sure he was still there. <laughs> so did you did you ask him any questions? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Sure All right. But you're okay. still going. And he said, and I feel like he said it like this too. He said, "God wanted to make sure you'd miss me." Ha ha. Is that what he replied with? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? So Chris, anyway, you- it's everything's fine. Everything's fine. You've had a rough week with with the storms. Uh, my week started out less than stellar as well. It, it's been a it's been a pretty rough week, um, just with a lot of stuff with Infinite Campus implementation. And Monday morning, um, I get a call from our early childhood center, and she says, "Hey, I think we just lost internet out here. None of our phones are working." It's like, well, it was it was just working. I know it was just working because I was just talking to you. But, okay, I'll come out. So I, I drove out there across town, go look at it, and sure enough, no internet, can't make a call in or out. I'm like, man, and the cable modems are all flashing orange on the on the downstream. There's no connection. I'm like, well, that's really weird. Surely it's not storm-related because this just happened, like, in the middle of the day. It wasn't raining. So I reset the modems, nothing. Come back. I called Charter for support, and... Um, they said, nope, no massive outage, which we figured there'd be a massive outage somewhere because of the storm. Um, they said, you're the only one affected. And I'm like, uh-huh. I don't know if I believe that. So I call a couple friends of mine around the area that have uh, coax service, and they're all working. I'm like, oh, maybe we are the only ones. We sit up on top of this big hill for this early childhood center. And uh, I'm like, well, they, they're going to send a technician out, but they can't be here until 4 o'clock this evening. I'm like, that, that kind of sucks. This is like 9 o'clock in the morning. So I'm telling the director, you're going to have to go all day without internet, without phones, so you, you may want to go over to central office. So I'm walking out. I walk out the front door, and I hear this noise, a tractor, coming, coming. What? what? <laughs> Do that again. You heard it the first time. Um, was it a like a John Deere tractor? It was a, it was a bobcat, like a skid steer bob uh, tractor. Got it. So I look, 
and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sound a lot like a bear. I don't know if you knew that. I the got bobcats. It. Mark, I don't know if you know that if you have uh, skid steers in New England, but they sound a lot like a bear. Um, so I look, and our maintenance director has a bunch of fence posts in the in the bucket of this bobcat or skid steer, whatever you want to call it. And I I wave him down, and he stops, and I say, "Hey, you weren't digging a hole, were you? Nope, wasn't. I, I wasn't digging a hole." I was just removing fence posts. I said, you didn't happen to rip a cable out of the ground, did you? Nope. Didn't see any cables. I said, you sure? I said, how long have you been out here working? About two hours. I'm like, that's about the time the internet went down. Are you sure you didn't see a cable? Oh, yeah. Now that I think about it, I did see a cable. <laughs> so he walks me <laughs> over. <laughs> sure enough, it just yanked, like exposed cable, everything, you know, down, cuts the coupler off. So I'm like, well, there's your problem right there. So I call, I call Spectrum back. I'm like, hey, I know what the problem is. You don't need to send a troubleshooting tech. We need a new line ran, blah, 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 blah. Sweet, man. The earliest they could get there was for, for that for that type of problem was 4 o'clock the next day. So they had to go like a day and three quarters with no internet, no phone, nothing. It was crazy. Did you tell on that guy? Yeah, I did. I I sent it to, well, now the whole podcast knows. Uh, I sent a text message to uh, our central office administrators, and I said, hey, the next time you see Billy, call him the cable finder because he just found our network cable with a bobcat it was funny because the i i went in and told the the early childhood director what was going on and i said you know billy billy did it with the bobcat and she goes how did how did you even know to ask him i said here's the thing i said anytime there's an outage and there's a tractor or a bobcat nearby you right. can bet dollars to donuts that 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 bobcat that tractor had something to do with that outage uh, so there you go. Hey, Mark, do you do a lot of betting dollars to donuts? Well, yeah. What do you mean betting dollars to donuts? Is that like it? I didn't know if you guys did Here we go. I'm like, going to make oh. fun of my yeah. use of the English language again. We bet. Yeah. He's Lots making of fun of the phrase dollars. Dollar, dollars to donuts. No, I know. I know. But did we you do- know that Boston invented the donut? Did they? I'm what? sure they did. Um, they had the first donut shop in America. Whatever, you're full of it. Chris, we like to say we have a first of a lot of things here. <clears throat> Chris, I think it's time to talk about Visor. Um, you, they sent us the package of visors last week. They asked for a photo of you wearing the visor. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen Dean uh, tweet this photo yet. But yes, you are donning the visor. Visor, V I Z O R. <laughs> Again, V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash K-12 if you want to learn more about Visor. They do uh, inventory control for Chromebooks, check-in, check-out, repair asset management, that kind of stuff. Uh, V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash K-12. Um, have they said when they're going to tweet your picture with the Visor Visor on? I was, I was Well, Dean asked me for a pick, and I was trying to figure out, like, do I sexy pick? Do I pay? Pensive. Do I pay a photographer? <laughs> um, do I get like a family pick and I choose to wear the visor? That in would the family be awesome. picture? Your wife would kill so, you, but that would be awesome. I'm just kind of playing it out a little bit. Do I do a selfie or do I do I do the thing where like I'm acting like I don't know that my picture is being taken? No, you need to do like I did on the cruise, uh, the the Costanza with the visor visor. Well, I am liking the visor. It's nice. It's I'm mostly liking that 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 Dean that doesn't know us well. I mean, we're getting to know Dean, and he's getting to know us. But um, we pitched that they should do visors, and then here they are. They exist. Mm-hmm. This is the first. We don't really get listened to much, and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about more headgear when we talk about another sponsor later. But this could be a theme for whoever whoever signs up to be a sponsor. They have to come up with some sort of headgear. Uh, to go along with their sponsorship of the show. So if you're listening and you, I love want to, it. you want to sponsor, be thinking about the type of headgear. Ski goggles, like that could be a thing. Um, those old man, they call them, what do they call them? Uh, flat iron caps. I love those. So, yeah. Mark, ch- when it's, when it's, Mark, when it's cold, what's your go-to hat? Like, do you wear the, you wear a, a beanie? Yeah. 
You wear a beanie? You wear a sock. <laughs> I, I, what's your definition of a beanie? Ski hat. Okay. Do you wear sock caps? No. Really? Hmm. No. All right. Moving Mark, right along. So, yeah, check out Visor. Not really opening up. No, he's closed off tonight. I don't know what the problem is. Um, Visor, <laughs> V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash K-12. Uh, if, you, if you end up talking to Dean and those guys, uh, tell them you heard about them here. So, yeah, secret, secret link is visor.cloud slash K-12 tech pro, and you can get 20% off. Oh, dang. Um, yep. I just had a brilliant idea, and now I don't know what happened to it. Um, so, Mark, before the show, you found the MSI SAC. They released a top vulnerability white paper, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Did you get that emailed? I think a lot of people had it emailed to them today, and there's also uh, a page on their website. Uh, so, MS Isaac, if you are subs- not subscribed to them, I highly recommend it's not Isaac. subscribing to them. Isaac. What? Isaac. Sorry. Uh, they released the top routinely exploited vulnerabilities of 2022. So mm. they look at all the different nice. threats that are coming in, actually across the world, because they listed U.S., Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and, and the U.K. helped to uh, to put this together. Uh, and they listed the top vulnerabilities that were exploited. So there's lots of vulnerabilities out there, but these are the top reasons why um these these particular ones were were identified and then they also give a list of the top exploited vulnerabilities at the end of the report so definitely check them in definitely recommend checking it out but they've got a couple of highlights i thought we'd go over tonight hit it so uh they ask vendors designers and developers to implement a secure by design default principles and tactics love it josh what does that mean uh, so by design out of the box, they are more secure. So like when you get a new firewall, the the whole secure by design thing, out of the box, you turn that thing on, default settings, instead of being rather open, uh, yep. rather insecure with policies and rules, the secure by design out of the box, some of those settings are automatically set for you, changed for you to be that next notch up on the dial for security. Um, so yeah, I, I love this secure by design idea. And, it, and I think <clears throat> MSI SAC and CISA and the US government are gonna get more and more of these vendors on board with this and more products, thankfully, are gonna start coming from the manufacturer out of the box with this secure by design uh, mentality. Did I get it right? And that's what, K-12, that's what K-12 needs. Yes. I can, again, going back to dating myself, the 20 years ago when I was new tech, uh, first big exposure to a firewall, I bought the one that we're, that we maybe won't speak of by name that was like pretty much allow all. And it right. was allow all because K-12, we don't know what to block and what not to block. So it made it easy. And a lot of schools went with that because it's an easy solution to implement. Those days are long gone. Yeah. yeah. Like super far gone. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any... Bad. If you have any systems in your network that the default username and password is still there, it's a ticking time bomb, and that's yeah. exactly what they're what they're trying to say is this secure by design. It it also it's it's both the vendor as well as the consumer or the customer your obligation to make sure that you're implementing you're using secure by design principles. So um, the other kind of broad category they talked about is end user. Uh, organizations so applying timely patches to systems this is another one that you know it, it kind of connects to secure by design if you're turning off automatic updates well you're hurting both the uh, the design of your systems as well as the ability for you to apply timely patches to systems so that was the first one is uh, attaching or uh, applying patches um, the next one is to implement a, secu- a centralized patch management system when they are seeing vulnerabilities exploited, it's because people are doing it manually uh, and they're not doing it on a routine basis. So that was the uh, the next one. Uh, and being able to use security tools such as endpoint detection uh, and response or EDR tools. We've talked about that on the podcast before. This is not your old antivirus. This is your heavy duty CrowdStrike uh, or what are the other ones that we've talked about? Sentinel-1. Uh, Sentinel-1. You know, big boys yeah. like that. Carbon yeah. Black. 
You know, one of those yep. guys, I, I just came up with a with a catchphrase for an EDR. Not your mama's antivirus. I think we that sells. That. And you got to say it like that. Nacha. Nacha mama's. Nacho mama's antivirus. Or not your grandmama's. Not your grandma's antivirus. That's Ooh. better. Better. And then if you put if you and if you put that firewall in, I think you had this idea before, Josh. Like you try to get a logo from them and you put it on your website. Yes. Yes. You put the logo of your EDR on your website. Yes. A little lock in the corner. Yeah. That idea. Sometimes listen. And Mark, you haven't been doing this, and you need to. The disclaimer thing at the end of the episode, when all these opinions are our own and the whole bit, you need to kind of tweak it to be like. And sometimes Josh has really bad opinions and ideas. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that back in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, keep going, Mark. The, well, the last the last one is this is where I want to turn over to you is to ask your software providers to discuss their secure by design principles. So. Mm. We're seeing this more and more. We're seeing districts being hit, not directly, but through a third party. So my question to you guys now is, what kinds of questions are you asking your vendors? What what questions do you want to be able to ask your vendors? Uh, or what should we be doing? Um, the first thing that comes to my head is, and, and I, I think this is kind of becoming my immediate kind of fallback fail-safe kind of discussion, is it goes back to the DPA because... That data privacy agreement, part of them filling out the data privacy agreement is outlining what security controls they have in place to protect PII information that they're holding from their customers. So um, I think that's a, a good discovery for um, a client and uh, a potential provider to, to walk through that process of, okay, let, let's have a real conversation here of what you're, what you're actively doing to protect my data that's on your systems, on your network. And you know, all the, all I, I come back to infinite campus cause that's, that's all I'm living, breathing, eating right now. But before with Tyler, that was hosted on site. That was on a, on a box I owned in my data center that I backed up. Now our data, and, and we're not the first school in this situation. You know, they have plenty of customers that have been cloud hosted for a long time, but now that data is, on someone else's hardware. So Mark, that that becomes a very real conversation of what are what are these guys doing to protect that data that's now living in their data center yeah. in Minnesota, Wisconsin, wherever the heck they are. Um, and it's probably not even there, it's probably AWS. But yeah, what, what kind of critical controls do they have in place to protect that data? Chris? Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm we're always transparent on this thing. I've enjoyed like you, Josh, and 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 others, like doing that dirty work, uh, data privacy, and doing those investigations. And I've been more banking on others doing it. And then when I'm talking to the company, I feel like I'm in pretty good shape. If I'm being kind of honest, I want to be second or third or fourth in that pack. Because do, don't you feel like Missouri still? is it's not like it's becoming hot like hot topic but it's still new it's still new to schools I, that we should be caring about that i i think new is the wrong word i think um it's almost it, it's still in that trailblazer phase where you yep. have probably 10 or 15 districts that are really bought in some more than others but you have you have 10 or 15 districts that are we're doing DPAs. We are, we're holding this line of doing a DPA. We're going to die on that hill. I think there's a large number of districts that are like, look, if other districts get DPAs, um, yep. I'm, I'm going to leverage those DPAs. I'm not going to go out and actively hound these vendors because it's a pain in the butt. I, I'll leverage other vendor or other districts DPAs. Um, I don't know what that threshold or what, what that straw that breaks the camel's back. I, I don't know what that event is going to be um, that gets more of those dis, dis, districts moving from that piggyback type phase or mentality into that uh, trailblazer group that they're willing but, to go out and get those agreements. But I, I think a, a data privacy agreement, 
at the core of it is not a security agreement. It's not a, no. a security, right? And I think there's there's a really big difference between uh, a vendor saying, I'm going to keep your data private, which means I won't share it with anybody else. I look at my privacy as I don't want anybody else to know sure. certain things. Security is, I, I get it, we're on the same page as of not sharing this data, but what if somebody breaks in? What are your measures? And, and, and data privacy agreements, some of them have clauses yeah. that say... Data will be destroyed at certain times and we'll notify the district. But do we enforce MFA on all of our vendors? Is that too far? Do we enforce a backup solution? Like all the measurements that we're talking about for ourselves, right? Yeah. Do we ask our vendors any of those things? And the answer is like no. No. We no. We have privacy and that's about it. Or privacy I, agreements. I, I think from uh again i'm gonna use the dpa as a crutch the missouri dpa and i think it's because it's the kind of template for all of the dpas with a4l but they do ask vendors um what nist guidelines that they are subscribing to or that they are adhering to so mark i agree completely that a dpa is not a security document or a security plan or, or whatever you want to call that. It is a data privacy agreement. You're, you're absolutely right. But I think part of what the template does ask for is what NIST standards are you meeting? And that, yeah. to me, that kind of that kind of crosses that line into a security document um, yeah. and yeah. makes me feel better about what these vendors are doing from a security standpoint. Now, I agree with you. I'm not asking infinite campus do they have mfa turned on for all their staff and i don't know i mean we could have that conversation but i don't know if that's a uh a foreseeable or a a realistic expectation for me to require that of them yeah yeah i don't know chris what do you think that's interesting stuff too like so but say say you do the ask and say they say no um, you know, we're not the only ones making the decision for what we're going to use in our school districts. I don't know that that's going to be a hill I can die on when my curriculum director and my superintendent and whoever else is saying right. they want to use this product. But Chris, you're saying they don't use MFA, so we're not going to do it. I think I lose, which yeah. maybe I get that in writing and I feel good about my, yeah. my life and we move on. But yeah, yeah, I think right now it's a it's a very hard ask of your vendors. It's a very hard ask of your organization to support that level of detail. Um, if you were in a different industry, though, say that you're a, yep. a electric car manufacturer sure. and you have a vendor that supplies you with your batteries, that's supply chain management 101, that if they can't supply you with your batteries, you cannot sell your car. Now, well, in education, we don't hold any of our vendors to that same level, unfortunately. I, I look at the financial industry. You know, you banks, yeah. banks, investment firms, whoever, you know, you pick pick one, Schwab, Bank of America, pick your favorite. They have systems that have to adhere to SARS Oxley or, you know, what are the other big finance, the other big financial um, yeah. rules? They all have to meet that. So until until there is some sort of law or something passed that says if you're holding at, at a federal level, you know, states can do what they want, but it holds a whole lot more weight if the feds do it at a federal level. If you're holding K yeah. twelve PII and and actually define, get everybody on the same page as to what PII means for K twelve, you have to do X Y Z. I think until we're there, this is just you know we're all trying to do our own things, and you know we can try and hold these vendors to these rules, but they're not. They don't. They can say you know whatever. If you want, you're going to sign the contract anyway. So you know, yeah. I, I think until it's at that at that umbrella of a federal level of a rule, I, I think we're uh, we're fighting an uphill battle. Lead me, Josh. Lead me. No, I'm not. I didn't get invited <laughs> okay. to the White House, so um, you're, you're looking at the so, wrong guy. So last year, <laughs> there 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 are probably if you if you were to stop and think about this for a second, there's probably not too many vendors that if they shut down their doors tomorrow you'd also have to close school, Ooh. right? There's probably there's probably a very, very few number. But if you think about it hard enough, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. If they don't show up tomorrow, I don't know if I can open the door for kids. In in my state, in New England, there's one of the major milk manufacturers for school milk is Hood. 
And last March, Hood got hit with ransomware. Oh, wow. And had to notify all the districts. Luckily, my district was not a customer at the time. But if you're a superintendent and all of a sudden somebody comes to your door and is like, we don't have milk for school tomorrow because Hood Milk got hit with ransomware. Ooh. Are are you able to open your doors for kids? That's that's a great look at that, Mark. Um, boy, real, 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 a very real look. Really, you know, from a, from if you look at it from that aspect of providing a service that kids need every day at school, and that you probably don't have an inventory of more than three days worth of milk, maybe. In your cafeteria, a week worth of milk? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not our. I'm not a food service director. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's frightening. I don't know what other commodity in your district would keep yeah. you from opening like that. What about? I mean, going back to the beginning of this episode, Chris, without power. Oh yeah. How mm-hmm. long are you? How long are you able to keep school open? Right. Yeah. If if we. I, I've gotten the feeling before that if if we get close to the time of opening school and we don't have power, that they would call school. Once kids are there, it's a little bit different as long as toilets are flushing and they're able to cook lunch and stuff. I, I think that's a little bit different of a conversation. Um, yeah. But if it's out before they get there and it's probably not coming on, I think there's a good likelihood of not having school. Yeah, I remember it was either this school year or last we had a day where uh, power outage in the middle of the day, but battery backups were spinning so wi-fi stayed up for a little while yeah <laughs> uh so like you know there was the noise of power out and then the next noise was the kids like going like oh because the wi-fi finally went out you know well a little bit a little, little bit later we we had something similar a couple of years ago we lost it was bad windstorm you know not a storm but just windy as all get out we lost power battery backup stayed up for i don't know 45 minutes to an hour and and my son was at the middle school at the time, and power went out. The battery backup's exhausted, and uh, my my son, the, his teacher, came up to me afterwards. She goes, "I got to tell you this story. It's really funny." She goes, "Jackson, when the power went out, and then the battery's finally exhausted, and Wi-Fi went out." He goes, "Oh man, Dad's gonna be filling the expletive." And I'm like, well, he, he wasn't wrong. And she goes, I said, Jackson. He goes, what? I had, what did I? <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. Um, so, yeah, you know. Well, go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to say, so I, I, I dropped an article we can put in the, in the show notes about this particular milk ransomware uh, issue as well. I, I the, the hijackers did demand um, a lot of chocolate milk in that, in, in, that issue. But... They talked with the superintendent who had to notify families. And, you know, in this circumstance, they switched from milk to juice. Hmm. Eh, It's not a terrible situation to be in, right? Water or juice, and then they made it through. But I I can think of half a dozen vendors that we would be in a seriously difficult situation if they told us tomorrow that they could not service us. Who would that be? Way more than half a dozen. Give it. (laughs) Yes. Let's list them all. But (laughs) no, but, but, but yeah. You, I mean, start with utilities. Start yeah, right there. Right, right. Right. Well, and, and and yeah, bus service. If you contract a bus service, if your contracted bus service is hit with something and they can't get to their transportation system, um, you, you know, any anything like that to to a degree, your sub system. You know, you you subscribe yeah. to a service that calls substitutes or whatever. Um, yep. Oh, I thought you were talking about subways. <laughs> no, like, yeah. no, we don't have we'd, subways here, Mark. <laughs> we'd have a huge problem if the subway went down. Well, so actually, that gets back to you know these storms. There was a couple of years ago that we had we had enough rain in St. Louis that that it flooded fifty five and shut down, closed fifty five coming into our county, and we had a number of teachers that live in St. Louis County, and we we closed school. We couldn't have school because we had enough teachers that were north of the river. <laughs> that was closed that we we couldn't have school it's not a hacker supply chain issue but it's a it's a highway issue um and who and who would have thought that totally totally bizarre who would have thought who would have thought mark on that uh let's come back to this article in a second mark i want to talk about the top vulnerabilities that msi sac talks about chris real quick though uh can you talk about kcav yeah, this is kind of a little, I mean, you don't have to be from Missouri, probably use these guys, but Kansas, Missouri, maybe Midwest, Oklahoma. KCAV, 
Oklahoma. Oh, uh, that's Kansas Oklahoma. City Audiovisual. Uh, they were a proud sponsor of Midwest Tech Talk. Uh, they did our after party. They played some, uh, it was like Tech Department Family Feud with a kickoff event. Uh, anyways, we want to give them a shout out today. Uh, they can help you with your TVs, with your smart boards, with, with your interact- interactive uh, projectors, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so check out KCAV.com if you're needing some help with that. I remember they were at Midwest Tech Talk and they had one of those really cool interactive proje- projectors in the gym. What were those called? I can't remember. Man, that was fun. Uh, I like played on L- that. Th- Lou or something? Yes, Lou. Or, yeah, L-U with the two dots over the U. Um, man, that was a lot of fun. I was sweaty that day. Um, so yeah, this the MSI. Interactive playground. Yeah, those are super cool. Learning and, and PE at the same time. Who'd have thought? What? Um, so back to this MSI SAC article. The top vulnerabilities. Mark, you want to play a game? Let's see if Chris can guess. Mark, do you want to play a game? The let, Let's see if Chris can guess some of the uh, routinely exploited vulnerabilities in 2000, uh, 2022 in that table there. Um, about I, I mean, what what kind of detail are you asking him just, for the CVE uh, or no? Not yes, the CVE. <laughs> I want I want the CVE number. No, just a manufacturer and if and and maybe what it was. Chris, can you think of one? This is gonna go really well. Yeah, I think we just manufacturer. Let's just let's just okay. start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Like the top ones? No, they list like 10 or 15. Clearly, you don't have the article mm. open or you'd be cheating by now. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take a guess at one and then I'm going to say we're going to say nice things. We're going to tear them down then build them up. Okay? <laughs> yes. Okay. I feel like okay. I know what one of them is going to be. Okay. I think I here I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to ask I'm I'm going to ask a question you're going to say yes. Okay? okay. Are they a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast? They are a sponsor. Proud is a question because we keep coming up with uh, product <laughs> suggestions for them. Yes. yes. Is it Fortinet? Did it Fortinet is. For- Fortinet is, is on this list from the 2022 routinely exploited vulnerabilities in 2022. And I don't think these are ranked in any particular order. I could be wrong. Um, but no, yes. no, no order. No, no order. order. Okay. Uh, Fortinet is on the list, but so is Microsoft. So if you're going to be in a I was group gonna, of Microsoft, people, so I was going to say Microsoft next. That's an easy one. I mean, that's an easy. I mean, yeah, Exchange Server. I mean, if we wanted to get down to the product line, you could even you know throw a dart and you know Exchange Server. Yes. How many? C- shoot, there's what one, two, three, at least three CVEs on this list of Exchange Server alone. Fortinet's only on here once. So play play devil's advocate on that because we know Microsoft. Or I mean, I'll tell you what it what I'm I'm thinking. We know Microsoft always gets attacked because they are Microsoft, right? Like they are widely used. Uh, I think you could throw Fortinet into that. Like Fortinet is known to be a great firewall, so let's go attack it. Well, and I I think that it that the same uh, logic that, that you're applying to Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft is so huge; it is used in so many places. It has this wide install base. Fortinet is similar it has a very wide install base so yes their threat is going to be larger because they're they have more firewalls out there they have more forta voice out there they have more forta switches out there so it it kind of reason would dictate that they are mm-hmm. going to be a target they would be on that list because they do have such a wide wide footprint um the other one that i log log 4j obviously in the last year that's been huge news uh was it last year this time that log4j was huge. Um, let's see what else. VMware. Uh, VMware's on there multiple times. VMware. SAP, Oracle. Yeah, F5. Um, man, you don't hear about F5. Uh, yeah, v- VMware. That was just uh, that was in the K12 Tech Pro Weekly Digest. There was another vulnerability vulnerability from VMware exposing admin credentials that's been patched manage engine that was a big one at the time i remember that authentication yep. bypass ad self-service plus um, i know a lot of people that use manage engine for that so you know these these are all you know kind of a retrospect they really should have done this like year end 
I, I guess really though it's for 2022. It just maybe did I win the game? I you you won five points. Okay, we'll we'll give you five points in the game. Um, that that points they roll week to week. So next week we'll mark. How many game. points do you have? Um, next topic. You have 34, Mark. Oh, okay. All right, thank you. <laughs> Zoho uh, is also on the list. Yeah. Hey, Zoho. do you tweet? So on X, X, do you still tweet? No, it's X. Do you tweet? No, you're making X's. Nice sequitur. Nice, nice total rail jump. Do you re-X? Yes, I believe so. And you X at somebody? Yes. Great, great I don't know. forethought and product placement. Um, Chris, so we- do you mind, after this, I, I'm going to X something. If you could X my X... That'd be great. It really helps me with my. It almost viewers, sounds like you're asking Chris to put a hit on your on an X, X X your Whoa, X. That got dark. Yeah, um, that got dark fast. We'll we'll put the link to this SZA and MSI SAC uh, vulnerability in review or year in review, whatever it's called. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes uh, for tonight. It is worth reading. Uh, just kind of the top hits and top things you can do to kind of help yourself. Um, so this is something we've talked about a couple times. We haven't talked about it in a couple weeks. Um, the deadline is still coming up. I believe it is in October now. The Google Google third-party application stuff. Mm. Um, by now, everyone should have that alert when you're logging into the Google Admin Console. You should have that alert to go in and configure or do the settings for your Google third-party apps. We've talked about it. I don't know what episode numbers it was. We've talked about it more than once about um, the number of third-party applications that we found where um, authentication at a minimum and sometimes uh, drive access or mail access was being granted to third-party apps. So Google is is taking the steps to kind of prevent that, especially with their under-18 accounts, which uh, those settings took place a couple of years ago for YouTube, I think. Um, so if, if you haven't logged into Google admin console, you probably will be in the next week because school is going to be starting. You're going to see this alert about Google third-party apps. You are definitely going to want to dedicate some time, um, to running through your third-party apps. We had a couple thousand, I think 3,000, 3,500 third-party, third-party apps that we had to filter through, um, and either turn off access, allow access, um, you know, there were there were valid and we and we've talked about this. We don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's worth looking at. Um, we've had valid apps and we've had it severely invalid apps, uh, adult websites, that kind of thing for authentication purposes. Um, so, Josh, what do you, I mean, I think every person in our position is going through this position right or this situation right now. You look through the list of all the, the apps that have been logged in and you see some things that aren't supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah, very what, uh, content. What do you do, Josh? Oh, you block it. Uh, my default, Mark. You should know this. You should know this by now. I, I'm oh, very no. well. That obviously, oh. yes. You're blocking those websites. Who do you I'm call? Just saying, you mean? Do you call? Who yes. do you call? Yes. Do you just I, no. block it and call it a day? No, I I went the step on on that instance of that rather adult website, um, and it was just authentication access. It wasn't. Drive yeah. access or anything like you that. You don't know that they looked at the content. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just authentication. <laughs> really, kudos to them for using the Google single sign-on button. <laughs> uh, I did call the building administrator uh, for that building and said, hey, we, we just found this. You might want to have a conversation. Um, what they do with it, is out of my hands. I, I'm right. I'm reporting it to the building administrator. Kick it. It was um, episode 124, A Fish Too Far. We unpacked uh, third-party apps quite a bit. We do have, we also have Peyton in the audience who also just said, block it, but don't report anything. Yeah. Mm. I think Peyton needs to make a um, an IT management book. Like, IT management according to Pate. And just... Lay it out like it would be a bestseller. You know, you, you got a ISO nine thousand and one. You've got um, what are the other big ones, Mark? Um, ITIL, ITIL, stuff like that. We need to we need to come up with a, a PATE management certification, a PATE yeah. certification. The PATE sounds perfect. PATE I, certification. 
Like if you get I, a thirty two on your PAT, like you're a good you're a good CIO, a good tech director. <laughs> I, I think Paige just realized that he's the one who's logged into those sites on his his uh, <laughs> no, like you're, Paige you're would going, never going, do that. Pate's going through, and then he realizes, he's like, oh, I got one. And he's like, oh, that must have been me on accident. <laughs> <laughs> Pate wouldn't, no, I, I hold Pate in high regard. He would never do that. Um, I did, I did, I guess it's been two weeks ago, had a teacher reach out, because I pretty much did, I blocked, if I was going to block it for our kids, I went ahead and blocked it for our teachers, and then hmm. I'm going to let the future kind of dictate variations to that. Uh, but teacher had, it was one of those like visit websites, get money for gas. Oh. But, uh, like, uh, and he had like a hundred bucks saved up. OnlyFans? <laughs> no, not OnlyFans. Uh, upside, probably. He had a hundred dollars in his account. Oh. So I had blocked it. Uh, so I moved, I, I let him get in it for a week to change his email address. Uh, so. That's nice of you. Um, Pate has just commented and said, "Pate ain't that dumb," and you gotta you gotta say it with Pate. Pate, Pate ain't ain't that dumb. Work for work email just for woke or walk walk. I guess he's cooking uh, Chinese food on the walk with his work email. Um, he, you know, you had him fired up. He couldn't even type on his keyboard. Right? Well, he types one handed. So that and that'll be his next response. I'm typing one handed. Um, so yeah, Pate, Pate understands work. Work email is just for work email. Um, that brings up a thought. So next week we have our new teachers. Teachers are starting to come back. We have our new teacher orientation mm. next week, and I get to give the presentation an introduction to the IT department and how mean I am about sending phishing emails and how you know you need to if you're using a USB drive, you really need to encrypt it. Uh, keep your work stuff at work. Keep your home stuff at home. Don't intermingle the two. I don't want to see your tax returns or your divorce decrees and your personal email because I get alerts about PII sharing rules and stuff like that. So um, every year we go through this. We're hiring a bunch of people this year, so it'll be a it'll be a, a, a dandy good time. They must really look forward to that session. My superintendent loves it because she likes to see me squirm. Um, and give presentations. <laughs> she she gives me trouble. She she heckles me. Um, it, it's it's it really is a good time. I make I'm I have a good time with it. I make jokes about the IT department about myself. Um, we talk about some real inst- some real things, some fishing examples that some staff have fallen for in our district as an example um, about the damage that they can cause. Uh, so it, it it's it's a good time, and we get them well, logged then- into their accounts and stuff. So. You need to incorporate the bobblehead this year. I might. That's a very good idea. It is a good idea. We're we're 3D printing a cowboy hat for my bobblehead at the office, by the way. Oh, oh very nice. That's a good yeah. idea. Garrett, Garrett. Ooh, that'd be fun to sell accessories. Yeah, right. We need a we need a bottle of bourbon to go with it, though. Um, kind of weird that there'd be text like changing your clothes, though. Yeah. The yeah. It's fine. I, I I love how Josh just talked about it. He, he's got to give the, the lesson to other people. Like, oh, don't use your work stuff for personal. And here's like, I'm going to print a cowboy hat from a bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not printing the cowboy hat at work. Garrett has okay. a 3D printer at home. Oh, um, good. Okay. Good cover. So yeah. we we do have a listener email. And it's, it's from uh, a rather frustrated listener. Um, I, I, I could feel the tone in the email. Um, James from Idaho emailed. Man, we need like a Casey Kasem music in the background. James from Idaho, Idaho says, um, that was my Casey Kasem, if you didn't, if you couldn't It was tell. really good. It was really I know. Good. Uh, so long story short with James's email. James ordered a bunch of Chromebooks this year. And they were delayed multiple times. The vendor had promised they would be there in June. Uh, the vendor has delayed and delayed twice. They just showed up this week. And instead of being the complete order of uh, almost 1,000 Chromebooks, they were about half. And they are halfway through unpacking these Chromebooks and have yet to come across a single power adapter. Um, what would he, he has sent a couple emails to the vendor with his uh, disdain and his frustration. Uh, what would your uh, what would you guys' take 
or response be on this, a, a little meeting with the vendor per se? How would you start that email? Uh, to that vendor or to yeah. the next vendor I'm going to move all the business to because <laughs> right. this one clearly can't, can't get keep the up. job done. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's kind of James's, uh, take on this. It's, you know, we're, we're already three quarters of the way down the road with this vendor. We've already received the devices, but good Lord, this has been difficult. Um, it, I, from, from my standpoint, it seems like for the last, I don't know, at least three years during COVID, probably four or five years, I, every year I pick the wrong Chromebook vendor. Like something goes wrong. And every year it's like, God, I'm never using this vendor again. Um, I don't know if this is par for the course. I don't know if they're all like that. I don't know if it's like that because this is a $200 device and they're disposable and they're not, there's no margin on them. Um, but I've, I've, I've had a rough way to go with Chromebook vendors, Chris or Mark. Sorry. I, Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, uh, we've had success this summer, but one of the things when we're going out for a device this year in the purchasing process, the vendor during that process told us what the timeline for delivery was going to be. Yeah. And also gave us like, if you order by this date, I can guarantee it here. That's, I mean, that could be something that in your selling point, you're but asking for a timeline in the future. What's your recourse if they don't hit that deadline? It's not like you're going to pull your PO. I mean, I don't get me wrong. The, the recourse while you're in the middle of a rollout, it, there's not much you can do when that kind of stuff happens. And I'm sure that everybody's dealing with it. I just think that when you when you think about your vendors, you need to think about um, who's the next vendor. Because everybody wants repeat business. And if yeah. they're not going to deliver, you can say to them, you did not deliver you, on your promise. There may be no financial recourse. It's it's water right. in the ridge at this point. But next time, you know, hopefully you have another option. I will say the vendor that we bought from this year was the vendor. Every vendor in the last three to four years has promised to put our Chromebook cases on the Chromebooks before they arrive. The vendor we purchased from this year has been the first vendor to actually do that. So mm. that, that's that been nice. Chris, what are your thoughts? So, so – with Chromebooks, this is what has worked for me uh, for the last several years. And I don't know, again, is it just a luck of the draw thing or whatever, but um, around, uh, so we do three-year leasing typically at our school. We don't buy Chromebooks. We're always leasing these bad boys. So around December, uh, and then you, the, here's the side note is you know that I like Lenovo Chromebooks and they, they, they typically come out with their new model around, I think it's like February, March-ish. And maybe the others do too. I, I've not paid attention. So around December, I'm uh, posting uh, that we want to buy Chromebooks. And I'm picking the model that's currently going to be old. I'm not picking the new thing coming in February, yeah. March, or whatever. Yeah. I'm picking the old. So I'm getting a decent uh, cut discount because they're wanting to push those to get rid of them. But then we lock into that, uh, even though I don't want it until July 1. So then we work out that they're going to sit those Chromebooks in their warehouse until I ask for them July 1. Yeah. yeah. That's so the, the deal is done and the stock is there uh, and they're literally waiting for me to say ship them. And that's that's worked for us for several years now. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Um, I think the at the end of the day, being able to plan early yeah. uh, as best you can. And then if you can be flexible with a different model, I know that's really painful to do, but... When times are tough, that might be an option too. That's what we're doing. We're compromising on the model. It's also helping with the budget because, again, we're, we're negotiating through an older model that's getting ready to go. You know, it's like buying the car that is a year old or whatever, uh, but it's still a brand new car, but you're going to get a good deal on it kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. All good ideas. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about Extreme real quick? Yeah, Extreme Networks, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email dmayer at extremenetworks.com. Uh, I'm getting ready to get into my IQ stuff. I see my switches in there. I'm going to get some training on it. I'm excited about it. All right. Yeah, if you want more information about Extreme, holler at Dominic. He's a good guy. Um, so what else is going on, guys? Uh, we had a dead mole in the office this week. We were kind of shocked to see a dead mole in a big concreted area but it's only, weird man the best thing we can figure is he he hitched a ride on the pallet of uh 
stuff we had delivered that day. I don't. It's completely <laughs> dead. It, it was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was so weird. Uh, like your your Chromebook, like the Chromebook palette. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. <laughs> uh, what else going on? Anything, Chris? Besides storms, teachers coming back, new teacher orientation, students. Yeah, that's next week for me too. Um, we did an email um, to all of K twelve Tech Pro. It's on the community. Uh, I would say I want to say I tweeted it, but someone did. Do you I just think. say you X'd it? Oh yeah, I X'd it out. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> and I'm a, I like Elon. Like, what are we doing? Is it a tweet still? No, it's not a tweet. So I X this out. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> Anyways, we're thinking we're putting the feelers out. Uh, for a K-12 Tech Pro, and it would be in conjunction with the pod, uh, a technical summit. Ooh, uh, so you can, you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, jump on Pro, jump in your email if you get those emails from us, uh, or jump on X or LinkedIn, whatever. Click the link. Uh, we're, we're, we're putting the feelers out for it. So we pulled... Uh, several of the states that have the most listeners and the most K-12 Tech Pro memberships uh, in kind of in those surrounding states areas. Uh, we want you to tell us where you might want this conference to be, what month might be the best, uh, and there's some questions about content, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, if, if you guys don't want to uh, uh, want us to do a conference that's a national conference, we won't. We'll stick to Midwest Tech Talk. Uh, but I'm wanting to do another conference. I think I have Josh and Mark decently convinced to do it with me. Uh, I know Eric and Jay over at K12 Tech Pro, Eric the intern, he's all in. Uh, but it's going to be a technical conference. It's not going to be just us sitting on a couch talking like we are right now. We're going to bring in uh, legit presenters and, 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 and talk tech, not talk you know, teacher tech conference kind of stuff, but talk technical stuff, configuration changes. Uh, get in deep uh, and do some learning together. Maybe, unless you guys say you don't want it, then we won't do it. A, a couple comments. Um, one, I'm on sitting on a dining room chair right now, not a couch. Uh, two, we need a catchy phrase. You know, like Festivus for the rest of us. Um, we need like a, a summit. Uh, I don't know, because there's a lot of... There's a lot of summits and there's national, a lot of summits. There's a lot of summits. There's a lot of national conferences. Some young, some old. Um, we gotta we gotta set ourselves apart from the competition. What's above um, the summit? The peak. If you peak get to and the summer synonyms. Um, I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. I'm just if thinking. you're creative, fill out the survey. Let us know. And the I'm sure the competition is listening. Um, so they're going to feel threatened. Um, so and this is national folks. This is not Midwest tech talk. Like my shirt ooh, says ooh. national, yeah, national think, conference. We're, we're coming for you. National conferences, summits, um, <laughs> our, our final sponsor for tonight. It, it, shoot us an email. K 12 tech talk at gmail.com. Um, Fortinet. So last week we talked about the Forta hat. We had a listener, email us with an outstanding idea and i hope chris illingworth takes this to the brass at fortinet the forta fedora mm. that would that's brilliant and that's your jam josh isn't oh, it oh i i would love a fedora a nice a nice fedora with the word forta on the front <laughs> yes absolutely mark you could mark, rock it too mark you feeling that nope I know you could, Mark. <laughs> he wants the beanie. Yeah, he wants the visor, visor. No, the Forta, for, the Fedora. Oh my goodness, the Forta Fedora. Uh, that we we need that. Uh, so yes, that goes along with our our headgear theme on this show for our sponsors. Chris, tell us about Fortinet and who to contact if they want more information about the Forta Fedora or Forta Forta Guards, Forta Switches, Forta Voice. Uh, for to every, everything for the world email for the podcast 
at Fortinet.com. Fortipodcast at Fortinet.com. All right, I got it. Um, their conference, if they have a national conference, now we would compete with that. But if they had a national conference, they should call it Forta World. Don't they have a national conference? I don't know. I've never been. And isn't it called Forta World? No, it might be. <laughs> if it is, we gotta we gotta do a quick Google search. We need. We, have we been invited to this national conference? Oh my gosh! Is that the name? That can't be real. Is it like a theme park? No, but they have had this before. Fortinet Forta Worlds is a campaign created to sell Fortinet's end-to-end IT security product. There you go. Like, we're in but tune, it's not, it's not the conference, though. Okay. All right, so email Fortinet. No, Forta, Forta, Fortinet Podcast at Fortinet. At Fortinet.com. Fortinet, Fortinet Accelerate is the conference. Ah, uh, Accelerate. I like Forta World better. Uh, so that goes to Crit, our friend, our sponsor, Chris, over there at Fortinet. Uh, so any closing thoughts? Wow, we kind of gone a little long tonight, guys. Any any uh, closing thoughts tonight? We are K twelve Tech Talk, and so are you. I want to make sure that I got that in there. I keep getting that keeps getting cut out. Not today. <laughs> and I think we end it right there. Thanks for listening. K twelve Tech Talk at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.